Good morning, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Clean off my board. <clears throat> it's been cold, you guys. Today was, I think, below freezing this morning. But I'm... I guess I should say I'm well-conditioned to the adverse weather changes. And so... It, it doesn't seem that cold, but it's, it's such an extreme change because we went from, good morning, Bailey, to having 80 degree weather nights. Like my house was like 80 degrees at night. I was sweating in my sleep. And I'm so grateful for the times I didn't run my AC because I enjoyed the weather naturally. And uh, it was just like in a snap of the fingers, you know, Thanos. With a snap of the fingers, the weather was like instantly, instantly cold. Markers are all facing the same way. Um, so it's it was like an extreme change. I think I felt it coming. I remember one morning saying, I felt the chill, it's fall. And then suddenly it was. Like you can feel it coming. But uh, this morning I was just like, oh, I saw something white and I thought it was a snowflake. <laughs> it turned out to be a bug. And I was like, uh, I don't know how you're surviving below freezing temps. But uh, you know, uh, thank God it wasn't snow or a cry. So you guys, it's been an interesting um, learning already. I got a text at like, what was it, six o'clock. I'm up at five o'clock, you guys, uh, every day except for Sunday. And uh, the text was from a friend of mine named Norm. And uh, he's an older gentleman, he's like 65. And he, I was like, what are you doing texting me this early? <laughs> that was my first thought. What is going on? And he texted me a verse and he goes, trust in him. And see, God has used him quite a few times to um, confirm things going on. And I've been facing my fears. That's my goal. I've been facing my fears and learning to laugh at fear in the face and, you know, and the enemy resides in those negative emotions. And so anytime I feel fear, I, I laugh at it and I keep moving forward. And I trust in the voice of God, which is not fear, you know. So it's uh, my human instinct wants to instantly grab onto that fear and go into survival mode. And I'm trying to like follow God and get myself unconditioned out of that behavior. And that has how God uh, gets you out of doing things you're so used to doing out of negative habits. Because see, I have this negative habit of uh, feeling fear and I want to go into survival mode and I want to try to protect myself and I'll stop in life and I'll stop moving forward and I will get stuck in my emotions and I will turn inward. That's my survival mode. Now God, what he's doing is he's going, no, every time you feel fear, he reminds me, that's the enemy. And he goes, you need to laugh and you need to laugh at the enemy in the face and you need to keep moving forward um, fearlessly and know that I've got you and I'm going to protect you. And that's what I've been doing. And that is how God unconditions us from those types of mindsets and behaviors. 
So it's a very beautiful thing, you guys, to be well aware that I'm getting reconditioned into a positive thing. He's turning my fear into something beautiful. Mm, so beautiful. Um, and so when he texted me this and then he sent a paragraph, just trust him, trust him. I was just like, oh, God, it's just, you know, I had to tell him, God bless you. You know, God's got me on the narrow path and I'm not turning around um, and I'm facing my fear, which the enemy resides in because I can really speak spiritually deep to Norm and he gets it. Like he gets the spiritual warfare that I go through. So uh, it was good to, uh, it was good to have that um, confirmation this morning because yesterday I received a call that they're starting, I do 24 seven and I have 30 days left you guys. And most of this summer they canceled it because um, there was, because of the coronavirus and they didn't want to, you know, spread it around. And that was because of my alcohol violation that I went to jail last year. Part of that stipulation is to do 24-7. And 24-7 is where you actually go up to the jail and you breathalyze twice a day, you guys. So for twice a day, I have to go up to the jail and breathalyze to make sure I'm not drinking, which is part of the consequence to my choices. But I have 30 days left. And when I got the call that they were resuming it, I was like, oh, got this wonderful life I've got going on and I was like God why why you know I'm not gonna drink again like why would you do this and I started I started getting fearful like I'm not gonna be able to maintain my life that I've created and that's when God was like no this is me I'm creating all of this for you trust in me and know this is exactly the way you're supposed to be going and embrace it. So when I realized that and I wrote it on my calendar, God is everything and everything is perfect timing. I realized I'm meant to finish out these 30 days. There's something great in it for me at the end of the 30 days. Um, and I just embraced it. And then this morning when Norm texted me, it was just confirmation to not allow the enemy to come in with those negative emotions because it's so easy for him. It's easy for him to get in my mind because I really get stuck in my emotions and I'm trying to get out of that. And, uh, it's just, it's a fun, this has been a fun challenge this month. You guys, uh, this one I've embraced more than any of the others because I guess I see it coming and I knew what I wanted and I knew like I was able to set up, you know, tools and systems in place to achieve this goal. So I've been embracing it. Now the, um, daily bread for today is called printed on our hearts. And this is interesting because it'll flow in with something my pastor was talking about this Sunday, which was quite interesting. But the verse comes from Proverbs chapter 7, verse 3. Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. Now, this is quite interesting, you guys. I had a question yesterday in my college course because it's a faith-based university. So a lot of our stuff is God-focused. And it asked who the targeted audience of the Bible was written for. That was one of our discussion questions. And I said it was for everybody. It was for all humankind. There wasn't um, one single person. They wrote it having faith, just as Jesus had faith in his crucifixion that I would ask God for salvation and I would surrender my life to him. So, you know, when you, when I, when I hear this, I hear 
God have faith in your people just as Moses said just have faith just have faith God just have faith have faith in your people and write them in the tablet of your heart and just know that we will one day come back to you because you are our creator you are the greatest source of unconditional love we have to come to you for fulfillment otherwise we die in this world unfulfilled unsatisfied and there are many people you guys who die having lived unsatisfying lives like they didn't truly live the way we were created to live they lived in their human understanding in society's understanding of success which is money and stuff and power and all of this and greed when truly those things are not satisfying to the soul they truly are not um i've had it all i've had it all and i had the status and i had I had whatever I wanted at the tip of my fingers and you know I didn't have God and I was a very miserable person. Um and I coped with alcohol extremely. I was drunk 24/7. I don't think I was ever sober. Even in my sleep, I went to bed highly intoxicated. I had to drink to pass out. So by the time I started sobering up, I was waking up to induce that intoxication again. I was my life steady for a couple years. Um that's how unsatisfied I was and it pushed me to go searching deeper for something greater than my understanding. So you guys the story goes <clears throat> when Johannes Gutenberg combined the printing press with movable type in 1450 you guys he ushered in an era of mass communications in the west spreading learning in new social realms literacy increased across the globe new ideas produced rapid transformations in social and religious contexts you guys this was the very man that started printing and made it possible for us to have stuff like this today like this like mass communications with printing this is so crazy 1450 you guys that was you know over 500 years ago maybe i can i'd have to get my calculator out i don't have it i got to get i'm going to get it out guys honey oh, it's going to make me type it in minus 1450 I got no. I got no. What? That isn't it. Minus 4. Wow. That was 570 years ago, you guys, when mass production of printing um stuff began. Like that invention changed our world. Gutenberg produced the first ever printed version of the Bible. Oh, prior to this Bibles were painstakingly hand copied taking scribes up to a year to produce. I remember stating this, how hard it must have been to write these this tediously on scribes in 
in legible handwriting that took time like people back in the day when they wrote they wrote with delicate care it wasn't just scribble a bunch of notes they wrote it in i mean you've seen the writing that's exquisite writing that takes time that takes effort um dang a year like can you imagine so uh the only way a lot of people heard the bible was through other teachers and this is why when jesus came and he actually spoke the truth it shocked a lot of people because a lot of the teachers back in the day they heard the bible and they twisted it in their own knowledge and their own filter in the world and they they weren't being led by the holy spirit they were just being led by their own human desires um and it talks about that in Matthew chapter 7 uh it's the tree and the fruits um it warns us against false prophets and back in the day there was lots of them and Jesus encountered them Jesus was pulling them out and and unveiling them like you guys are false that is not how God intended the bible and even nowadays you guys this still goes on um For centuries since the printing press had provided people like you and me the privilege of direct access to the scripture while we also have electronic versions available to us many of us often hold a physical bible in our hands because of his invention what was once inaccessible given the sheer cost and time to have the bible copied is readily at our fingertips today how amazing you guys like how amazing having access to god's truth is an amazing privilege the writer of the proverbs indicates we should treat his instructions to us in the scriptures as something to be cherished as the apple of our eye um his words are like honey to my lips you guys i i have two bibles that i just absolutely love i had to put my old one away cuz i made so many notes um his words of wisdom on the tablet of our heart as we seek to understand the bible and live according to its wisdom we like scribes are drawing god's truth from our fingertips down into our hearts to be taken with us wherever we go how has having scripture stored in your heart benefited you how can you begin to internalize more of god's wisdom loving god oh, faithful father help me to know your word in in intimately Wow, I can't believe I could not say that word intimately that I might live the way you desire. Oh, you guys. So back in the day, so many people it was about power and greed, power and greed, and um there were very few people that God could call upon that could sp- speak his word with truth. That's why Jesus just stood out. like he lived it. He didn't just speak it. He lived it. And that was the most important factor to just speaking God's word. You couldn't just say it and then sit up in there with a black heart and and you know talk smack about people, you know, inside of you. They'd call it the Pharisee and the tax collector story. The Pharisee's on the hill going, "Well, at least I'm not the tax collector, blah blah blah." Like very entitled. He's not he goes at least I tie then I do this and I'm not like him and the tax collector all he can do is like cry out in pain to God for his sins. Now you guys there are so many of us and I included I have done this where I go well, at least I'm not that person. You know how shameful. That is a very shameful. That is a tax collector mind or 
that is a Pharisee that is a Pharisee mindset. I've used that term before. There's a Pharisee mindset. That's when you think you're better than other people. And so many of us, we really do. We think we're better than other people because of the car we drive, the job we have, the clothes we wear. Um, I'm going to pick on women. You know, we want to have the grandest rings, the the most expensive mall clothes, all the pink gear. We want to have it all, all the name brand stuff, drive the most expensive car and we want to have our hair done by the the top-notch stylist and our nails done every week like that's such a fake fake facade like who are you truly on the inside though who are you without those things and that's what it means like walking the way of Jesus walking the way of Jesus is you gotta let go of all those things like that was really I'm not gonna lie it was hard for me to let go of wanting to curl my hair every day and make myself look pretty. Like I thought having to do my hair every day and make it look perfect, do my makeup every day, dress a certain way, wear certain clothes that were flattering. Like I made myself look appealing so people could give me attention. That was, that was the real of it. That is such a fake way to live this life. That's not living the truth. That's living fake and it shattered my life shattered in my face now I can say that I do walk my truth every day and I don't just um walk it like I speak out on injustice I speak out when you know people are telling lies when people are being negative when truth needs to be spoke and it oftentimes causes friction and conflict but until you start speaking the truth that person's going to continue with their ugly behavior and never change so you guys living the truth is you know and i was able to do that you guys not because a lot of my understanding from the bible came from god himself so many times we want to rely on others understanding of the bible and that's where we end up misstepping in our purpose for god i realized there was a time i had to step away from people that i was following and i had to go my own way with god and it was hard because i i hadn't really i had a good connection with god but my understanding of the bible like it was hard. I had to really apply myself. And it was in getting into the Bible with God. And I would read it and he would bring truth and understanding to me um, with each and every verse. Like reading some of those tedious chapters about the laws and the rules and the sacrifices, God showed me in those uh, chapters how detailed he was. He showed me who he was in those chapters and in return i understand now when he asked me to do something a particular way god is a very detailed god for a reason and because now i understand him from reading his word and him giving me wisdom from it about who he is when i um am given a task or an assignment or he asked me to do something i do it to the specifications of what he asked me to do because he is a detailed God and he's detailed for a reason. 
and I see that in his word. So you guys, the I'm getting lost. I'm getting so lost. This is why it's so important to lean on to God. And Jesus did that. Jesus had such a close relationship with God. He didn't need people teaching him. He was out teaching people how to find their own understanding in the word. Even right up to his death, he was telling the disciples, the Holy Spirit is going to come and be with you, which is greater than, a greater thing than what I am. What is coming is greater than what you're letting go. So it's such a beautiful thing, you guys. Um... How has having scriptures stored in your heart benefit you? You guys, nobody can argue the word. I've heard that slogan and I truly understand it now. The truth is in the Bible and nobody argues it. Like, And if they want to, then, then you tell them, I can't argue the Bible. Like, that's what it says. Take it as you want and you walk away. You don't argue God's word. You walk away. And I have learned in in having to confront people or having to give understanding, I've learned to use God's word more and more because that's the truth. And when you use God's word to speak the truth, you can't battle our creator's truth. You just can't. Our soul will not allow you to go on. So take for instance, the last person that want I wanted to argue the Bible with which was the jail pastor. And I remember him showing me verses and I wanted to argue and he goes, this is what he goes, he goes, you're not even gonna let me show you. He goes, I'm not gonna argue the word. That's all I can do, I'm sorry. Somebody must have hurt you, that's what he said. And I was like, oh, and he was right. He got me right to the core of my soul with those words. And I was irritated. And you guys, it was the very next day. It all clicked and I opened my heart and there God was. So your soul will not allow you to settle or be satisfied with arguing God's word. I was unsatisfied in my argument. I was upset and I was angry and I was irritated. I was a Karen. And it was in that irritation, it was my soul was irritated trying to show me, Christine, what you're saying isn't true. You're blinded. You're spiritually blinded. What you're saying isn't true. Open your spiritual eyes. And I finally did because I was so irritated. So I went searching inside myself. It's like an internal searching of, why is this so frustrating? I'm so angry. I believe this, but I'm still so angry. That's the inter that's the mental process of internal searching. Like when something irritated me like that did, and I was trying to argue with it, I was sitting there going, he didn't even argue back with me. Like, how can I argue the word? The word is just a lie. And all it says in like, he's trying to be kind and this is so true and it's such a lie and it's such a lie. And I was like, but it wasn't like, I could feel the irritation. And I was like, I was trying to say it was a lie, but my, my mind wasn't allowing me to justify my words. It kept coming back and tripping me up saying, you know, that's not true, Christine, because you're still irritated. It's still bothering you. That's how the soul doesn't let you rest until you find truth and you go searching inside yourself for truth. Such a beautiful thing. I hope that made sense, you guys, in soul searching, like soul searching for truth within yourself. And if you got to listen to it again, you should, because that is how 
we go searching for the truth. And that's the mindset of searching within yourself. You just like, you're so caught up in just trying to justify, trying to justify the words you said, you know, trying to justify that anger, try to justify that resentment. But in trying to justify, you keep getting tripped up and you keep getting angry again. It's you're unsatisfied, but you have to learn to let go and maybe see the other side of things. And that's how it, it somewhere clicked in me that where I realized it was in his words saying, somebody must have hurt you. And I realized he was right. And I really was upset about that. And it brought me to tears because I never really talked about anything in my life. I never opened up to people about the pain inside ever. Like I think at the time I was 35 and I was still holding this stuff in you guys. And when he said that, it almost brought me to my knees in tears because I wanted so much to talk about all the pain and the suffering and the things I was holding in, but I didn't know how. So when he said that to me and trying to justify my anger, I realized what he said to me was true. And that's where it unlocked my heart and it really opened me up and opened me up to God. What a beautiful moment, you guys. And how can I begin to internal more of God's wisdom? You guys, you know what? I make it a habit. I read the Bible 20 minutes a day. I've been going through it, you know, little bit by little bit. And how I do it is I ask God, where are we starting? He gave me a starting point, which was the beginning. And we're just going through. Some days I do miss, but God's all right with that. And he'll tell me when to stop. Like God is leading me through the Bible. And you guys, if I can suggest anything, ask God to lead you through the Bible in the way he wants you to lead you through the Bible. In the beginning, first he showed me Psalms. Then he showed me um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Then he showed me Song of Psalms, which was interesting. And then then I read Revelations. I must have read Revelations like 20 times while I was in jail. I couldn't believe it. And getting out... Um, I mean, there were certain chapters covered within like church lessons that I went to, but now on my own, I started from beginning and God's just taken me through. And there's some nights he's like, not nah, just a chapter or no, just a couple verses. Um, you know, it's really just up to him how much he wants me to read. And he's showing me truths about my life within these stories. Like you find your truths, you find yourself in these stories. That's why the way they were written were meant for you. They were meant for me. Such a beautiful thing. So you guys, the challenge for the day. Oh, the challenge for today. Do you have a verse in your life you turn to? I think this is so simple yet so significant because it starts with one verse, you guys. Do you have a verse you turn to or a motivational quote? But I suggest finding a verse that speaks to you. Ask God to show you a verse to guide you, um, you know, in understanding yourself and understanding him. This isn't just about finding out who we are, you guys. This is also pursuing God and his love. 
God, God wants to be wanted. He wants his children to want and need him. We have to pursue him too. We come from a society that believes that we're supposed to be the ones pursued. God will pursue us. But you know, ultimately the greatest love that came from God was when I was like recklessly pursuing him and I still recklessly pursue him. Like right now it's like, there ain't nothing that gets in between what he asked me to do. And that's me pursuing him. I pursue him in his word. I, I crave it. I hunger it. It's, it'll, it's like a deep, deep desire that I have that I go pursuing for. I mean, I do this and I absolutely love this. This is pursuing God because he loves that I do this. And I learn more about myself and him in doing this. So you guys... I really, I invite you, I ask you to seek out God for a verse that's true for you. Um, something that will speak to you and you feel it. You feel God's love. I, you have to ask God for that verse to, um, he'll give you one. One specifically, you know, for you, he will... He will bestow you one just for you. He did it for me and that verse kept me going for a long time. Because it came from God and he gifted me that verse for, you know, dark times. Every time I read it, I felt his love. And you guys, it's like, it's like this warm, vibrating thing. This presence is what it feels like when you read it. It just, it warms you like hot chocolate going down. Mm. Hot chocolate with whipped cream and sprinkles, you guys. That's, that's how it feels going down when you read it not lying maybe even better but uh i want you guys to think about that and how you ask god is just go okay god i really i really need this i need you to show me a verse that you know that speaks to me. What do you have for me, God? Like, I, I need your word and I need you to give me something that will help me when I have nothing else. Be vulnerable. Be like, you know, there's times I just can't take it anymore and I feel so empty and alone. And I'm alone, God. I feel so alone in this world. And I'm just looking for a little bit of happiness, you know? And this is true, you guys. Like, I've, I've said these things. Like, I just don't want to be alone anymore. I'm tired of being alone. I just want to be a little bit happy. I just, I don't want to wake up with this ache in me anymore. I'm tired of this ache. I'm tired of this ache and yearning for something I don't even know. Like, and it's so frustrating because there's nothing out there that's helping me. I don't know what to do and so to just something that will bring me a little bit of love so when I don't feel you I could just turn to it and you guys I've, I've said those things like that was my life I felt very alone and come to find out I wasn't alone I just isolated myself but those are very real feelings in many of us I had them. You've probably had them. Those are real. And it was in being vulnerable with God like that. And I remember crying. I've cried several times saying those very things. So many times. I've said, I've so many times I've told God that very thing. I'm so lonely. This ache, 
This ache will never go away. So many times I was walking on my walk, you guys, bawling, trying to cover my face because this ache was there in my heart and I didn't understand it. And it just tormented me. This ache of emptiness tormented me to almost nothingness. Like, I just, I didn't want to live anymore. And that's a true story. I'm being completely vulnerable in that. And it was in knowing that God was always there and I would always just turn to the word and I would find something to keep me going to where I started plastering it all over my walls, you guys. Like, literally all my little verses, you can see, boop, boop, boop. I have one directly in front of me. I have three right over here. They're everywhere. I cover my house with the word of God. Like, this is a tabernacle. Satan is not allowed in my home. And if he tries to step in, they usually burn at the door. Like, nobody comes over to my house. That's for a reason. So, anyway, I love you guys. You have your challenge. And I also want you to step outside of yourself and evaluate those hard moments. Evaluate yourself in those down times. Evaluate what's going on. Evaluate what your behavior is. And also evaluate the emotions inside of yourself. And then see how you reflect that out in the world. Evaluate your behavior that gets reflected out in the world. But evaluate yourself. Don't get caught in the motions. This is really, this is a good challenge. Don't get caught in the emotions, but step outside yourself and see what's going on in the moment. What is causing you to get into that? What triggers that? And um, are you doing something to cope with the pain? Um, because that's not helping you. When we cope with the pain, we're stopping from moving forward and going through the pain. We have to stop coping. We have to go through the pain, allow ourselves to feel the pain to heal. But I want you to think of one of those moments and really evaluate yourself outside of the emotions. Don't get caught up in the emotions. Think you're, you're a counselor of yourself. I'm teaching you guys a skill of being a, a self counselor. Okay. Because I had to learn this to help myself. So you're going to think of the moment right? I'm thinking of a moment. Okay. And I'm going to step outside of myself and I'm going to evaluate the situation. I'm going to go, okay, what was going on that day? What led up to that day? What emotions were going on? Oh yeah. I remember that. That was terrible, terrible. If you journaled it even better, reflect on the journal. Um, what was I behaving like? Honestly, you guys, what was I truly behaving like? And how was I putting that out into the world? How did it affect the people around me? Did I reflect it out into my job? Did I reflect it out into my family? Was I angry towards the world? Did I reflect that out? How did I manage? Did I cope with the pain? Did I find something to avoid thinking about it? Or did I push through, let the pain go through and like went through the pain? That's how you self-counsel yourself to, excuse me, really start being mindful of these moments. And you start reflecting on more and more and more. And that's when you start finding the source to that ache, you guys. Oh, such a beautiful tool right there, you guys. And that is the challenge 
boom, and then find a matching verse from God to help you through that pain. God bless you guys. Have a happy Wednesday and amen.